Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Nina Erb is a ace and Emmy award-winning editor. She was born in Taipei, Taiwan. Her family migrated to the United States in the late, late 1970s. Raised by an Asian-American immigrant family, Nina's father wanted her to be a doctor. Her mother wanted her to be a pianist for the LA Philharmonic. Nina wanted to be Andy Warhol. After graduating with an art degree, a friend brought her into the entertainment industry, where she worked in various capacities for production. It was her stint as an associate producer that gave her the opportunity to work with editors. This proved to be a defining moment for her. Since then, Nina has been an editor on productions for HBO, Universal, CBS, and many others. She's experienced in multi-genre, from drama, series to feature films, documentaries, and comedies. She is nominated for this year's Emmy Award for the HBO series Insecure. Nina Erb, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. Thank you. I have always had a particular fondness for editors. First of all, they work way too hard for too little credit because oftentimes, and you hear this a lot, and I'm not saying that this is uh, true of the people that you work with, that films, many, many films have been saved in editing. And I, th- and I, and I think that that's, I'm sure that's true. I don't think that's just uh, a myth. And I think that editors work really hard. And I've, I've been around editors enough to know that it is at times tedious and just very unglamorous work to get exactly the right take, the right, the right edit. And it's just, it's a very particular and specific kind of skill set. So I want to say tip of the hat to editors everywhere for, for their work, but also what was it about editing that attracted you? Oh, wow. Um, you know, obviously I went to art school. I didn't go to film school. So I honestly had no idea what editing was about when I first graduated. Um, and after kind of bouncing around for a little bit um, on different roles, different capacities in production, you know, I, I, I love the business and I love the energy, the people, but just nothing felt like the right fit until I started working with editors um, because I've always loved photography, images and storytelling and the editor I was working with, um, he completely opened my eyes. Like it was like, like that's, you know, everything just like made sense. <laughs> um, and I knew like this is what I wanted to do because it was, it was just so powerful. Like the way that you can kind of change the tone of a scene just by reworking it a little bit, you know, and depending on the performance you choose, you can shape the characters so much in so many different ways. And so it, I was blown away. I was completely blown away. And I was like, that's it. As soon as I'm done with this, uh, you know, little uh, contract of being a producer, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go take a class, learn the software. And um, Sven Nilsson is the editor that I was working with at the time. And he was kind enough to hire me as his assistant. Um, and I kind of worked my way up. And so, yeah, so it, it was definitely just a combination of all of my loves. So he was working in TV or film at the time that you started working with him? He was working in television. Okay. That is probably a good place to start as an editor, to get your feet wet, because you're on a deadline, like all the time. Films probably have deadlines. Documentaries probably don't have deadlines. <laughs> but there's, so there's a whole different sort of um, urgency to, to working on particular kinds of projects. Did, am I correct in saying that there's this very, very tight deadline in television 
and did that help train you? Did it help? Get, did it? It did it uh, exercise those muscles that you needed exercising to be an editor? What 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 was that experience like in terms of your particular specific experience getting into editing? Yeah, you you nailed it. It's like the perfect boot camp. <laughs> Uh, you know, things have to air by a certain time. Like you can't not make to your deadline, right? Because they're not going to roll in color bars. So you gotta, you gotta deliver. Um, so yeah, so it was excellent training ground. Um, I've learned, you know, just how to be very decisive in my choices and kind of doing a lot of prep as well. So I'll, I'll spend a ton of time reading the scripts, kind of going through every scene, breaking down what the beats are, like what is the heart of the scene? And, you know, what is this character trying to, to get out of this conversation? Or what is he trying to motivate the other person to do? So that when I'm watching dailies, like it comes to me very quickly. So yeah, it's good training ground for that. I don't know that I would have been as um, decisive had I started uh, with another genre. I, I like that word. Uh, decisive and I'll, I'll tell you why again very limited experience sitting in a in an editing room with a, a director and an editor but I I will it, it's that give and take the editor and I'm sure in television there's probably more than there's probably a couple of cooks in the kitchen when you're sitting there editing for for uh, television but I'm sure that your what you has you described being decisive and being able to justify your your decisions or your why you're doing it is really comforting to everyone in the room because I think there this level of trust has to be there, right? Between you and the director or you and the producer. What is it like to sit in a room with two or three other people uh, looking over your shoulder and walking through a particular scene with them? Let's say like something like Insecure, which you're nominated for an Emmy for. Who sits in the room with you when you're working? Oh, uh, well, Issa Rae will come in. Um, it's her show. She runs it along with Prentice Penny. Um, and so they'll both come in. Sometimes, um, you know, Amy Aniobi will come in if it's her episode that she writes. Uh, and, you know, it typically, um, and of course, the director will always come in before the producers because they get their, um, their pass at their cut. Um, and so I, I kind of let them set the tone. I always want to know, like, if it's a director I haven't worked with before, um, I'll typically reach out probably even at the tone meeting stage or, you know, or pre-production stage just to introduce myself, um, let them know that, you know, if there's any scenes that they're concerned about when they're shooting, just shoot me a text. I'm happy to make that a priority the next day, put it together, see if there's anything missing. Um, and, you know, so I get the, the friendship or the collaboration started early right. um, so that they are comfortable right. and, uh, and they know that I have their back. And so when they come in, I, I want my edit bay to be very calm. You know, it's a, it's a safe place. You come in, you relax. It's not the intense level of energy that you have in production. Um, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to shape this episode into their vision. So, um, yeah, I, I generally let them, you know, kind of dictate, like, some people like to watch the entire episode and then give notes. Um, others, you hit play and they'll stop you when they have a note. And you kind of just address it on the fly and you keep going. So everybody has a different style. Yeah. And I let them pick. And um, after that, the producers come in and kind of, we kind of repeat the process. Oh, wow. Well, so, okay, uh, let's say for Insecure, What's your production timeline? How how long does an episode typically take to put together? And, and you can you don't you can leave out maybe the filming part of it if that's but once it's in your area of expertise, is it what's the usual timeline for a for a from start to finish on that? 
Um, typically, I try to stay up to camera. So I'm usually a day behind, but I'll, I'll um, stay up to camera with my dailies. The, after the last day of dailies, I believe we have two, two days, roughly, to put together our editor's cut. And that's, you know, polished, everything together, music, um, temp, the effects, temp graphics, if we have any. Um, and then it's shipped off to the director. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so you've got a few days, and then it starts the process, the refining of it, if you will, yes. right? Yes, definitely. Wow. Well, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Nina Erb, and she is an Emmy-nominated editor for the HBO series, Insecure. So you worked in television and you worked in film. What is the most distinctive difference between, or among the most distinctive differences between uh, television work and film work? Ooh, I would say in television, the writer is king. Oh. Um, and I would say that in feature films, the director is king. And because that's ultimately who has final cut. And whereas in television, it's your, it's your producers and directors. I mean, I'm sorry, it's your producers and writers because they, you know, they run the entire thing. And so the director can come in and, you know, instill his or her vision. Um, but really at the end of the day, your producer or writer has the final say. So that's, I would say that's the biggest difference. In terms of a film, uh, documentaries. That, that's one of my favorite, that may be my favorite genre of film is documentaries. That is where I, the maxim I was talking about earlier, where you can save a film. I think uh, in editing, I think that's probably mostly true in documentaries uh, because it's usually a mess. There is no, there's no roadmap, right? Usually. There are documentaries that follow the story of a a sports figure and you kind of know what the outlines of those, that story might be. But more often than not, it's a documentary. It, it, it can go in multiple directions. And there are probably, there are, probably in, are instances where a documentary film project may have two or three directions, distinctive directions it could go in. Am, am I close to the truth on that? Is that sound right in your experience with documentaries? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you nailed it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no script. So there's no blueprint, as you mentioned. And, you know, a lot of it is uh, part of the discovery process as well, you know. Um, and I think there is, uh, the bones are there if you're following like a, you know, if you're doing a bio doc. Uh, but, but yeah, typically you'll sometimes find the story as you're going along. You, um, you know, I think as an editor, you have so much more uh, say in something like a documentary or anything nonfiction. Um, because you're there, you, you're deciding which building blocks to put together to tell the story. So right. that's what's interesting, I think. Yeah, I hear these horror stories all the time of we shot 1400 hours of film, you know, and I like how is in, in God's great green earth could anyone watch 1400 yeah. hours of film and have any idea what this thing should look like? I mean, I've heard these stories often. They shot an enormous amount of film. So What's the most amount of hours of film that you've watched for a documentary film? Oof, gosh, I would probably... Is it in the hundreds? I would say, oh, easily more than that. I would say more than that. Um, definitely more than that. <laughs> um, uh, on uh, HBO's Project Greenlight, that, uh, the reboot that they did, right. um, uh, you know, I don't remember if you uh, remember the first episode, they were talking about how they had to delay production because the, um, the director they chose decided to go with a different script. And so there was, you know, they intended to go into production on a certain date and they've been filming all this time, you know, the selection of all the candidates and, and um, what have you. And then they 
shot him getting chosen and then there was like the discussion of him like deciding to change the script and then there was all the other development phase of that second script that he wanted to you know uh film instead and then it was the pre-production so like there was just just an absorbent amount of footage for us to go through i i didn't count the hours but it yeah, it was a lot <laughs> it was a lot but you know i i loved that documentary series i thought it was great and, and I, the person they chose gave us a very very um unique and interesting and dynamic season yeah a rich a rich uh season yes definitely yeah. well um as an editor, and it can be in television, it could be documentaries, it could be a feature film. What is the, in terms of your level of satisfaction watching Insecure, watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, some of the other project, Greenlight, you just mentioned, um, what, is, what do you take away in terms of sort of professional uh, gratification when you, when you watch something, when you see it on screen or when you see it on your, on your iPad or whatever it might be? Uh, what, what is it that you derive your, your, the, your professional satisfaction and personal satisfaction from doing what you do? Hmm. Um, well, of course, it always, you know, feels good when you're watching it. You're like, okay, that turned out okay. <laughs> you know, all the things, all the worries that you had in your brain, like is, gosh, you know, that area over there, like, are people going to get what I was trying to go for? And, and it's always good when you, you know, you see, um, you know, people respond positively. But the unexpected thing I've discovered is that um, on series like, you know, um, my crazy ex-girlfriend and Insecure, both of them dealt with mental health issues. Um, and so I've had the, you know, pleasure of meeting people at different events and functions and they've come up and told me how much it meant to them the way that uh, mental health was uh, handled and how truthful it was and how honest it was. And, and, um, and also at times, um, yeah, the, the delicacy with which we handled it was uh, appreciated. And so that was something very unexpected. And, um, and it kind of touched me that it, it affected them to that point. So that's really the, the one thing that I will always hold close to my heart. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. And, and, you know, if someone who watches a lot of films, um, you, you get to a point when you're watching something that you really notice things. It's sort of the, it's like a musician, right? They, they say you... You learn how to play, you, you practice, 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 and then you forget everything you, you learned and because it then becomes intuitive. And that's sort of a thing when you're watching, for me, watching a lot of films. And I really appreciate editing. Like I said at the beginning of our interview, I, I really so appreciate not only the relative anonymity that you work in, but also to see something that you, you understand just you, watching a, a scene, you can see all these elements come together and know how difficult and challenging it can be and when it's done well it's seamless to most people but it's just it's a beautiful thing I, I really do appreciate it something you also mentioned was your desire to mentor others in your field talk a little bit about that being a mentor oh gosh well i think you know it all stemmed from my own experiences moving up in the industry you know it's uh it's it's a difficult process and i think when you don't have um extensive uh, family members in in the studio system to help you out, or or other people that you know are very powerful that can hire you. Uh, you know the access is limited, and so now that I've uh, gotten to a better place in my career where I have the opportunity to kind of give back to everybody that's helped me out, I I'm big on mentoring. Like I have mentored my assistants. Um, most recently, the one I'm working with right now, um, Lanarian Hubbard, and she was on uh, Insecure with me. She's been on there with me for two seasons. 
And this past season, you know, I really championed her and helped her get some editing credits. And she's actually on the ballot with me uh, for this nomination as an additional editor. So I hope this will set her up pretty well as she's, you know, begins her editing career. Congratulations. And, and, th- and that's, that's a great story. And now, as you just mentioned, the Emmy Awards are coming up. Uh, any butterflies? Uh, what, how do you feel? What's, what's it like to go to an awards ceremony where you're nominated, you've won before? Uh, what do you, what do you, how do you feel going into it? This one is really special to me because um, I used to work in nonfiction, and now I'm in um, uh, the fiction genre in comedy. And specifically to be nominated in this category with one of my mentors, uh, Steve Rash, is I, in my wildest dreams, I would have never thought this would happen. So I'm, I'm going to be just in awe the entire time I'll, I'll be watching. And, and, you know, there's so many incredible editors. I love every show that's on there. And I think everyone, you know, has had an amazing career and I look up to all of them. And so I think for me, I'm just going to be, I'm going to enjoy the moment see what happens. But yeah, I just feel blessed to be there. You're a woman, uh, Asian American woman in a field that up until very recently has been dominated by white men, let's be honest. And I just had uh, Maggie Kiley on uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she's carved out quite a career for herself, and she has taken it upon herself to mentor. It's a big part of what she does. She's part of Ryan Murphy's uh, half initiative she was one of the first selected for that it feels like the industry is embracing diversity embracing women women of color diverse diverse people into the entertainment industry in the time you've been around have you are you seeing this is this is this pr or do you feel like you're really seeing a shift in the industry um i've definitely noticed a shift in the last couple years and uh it's, it's been great. It's been great. I'm, I'm thrilled for the next generation coming up because, you know, there's, there's so much talent out there. And I feel like, uh, you know, everybody's more than just the resume, you know, how they appear on paper. Again, it goes back to access, right? Like, I think um, a lot of people of color and women, women of color, like, they're, they may not have the same access. So I think these initiatives are, are amazing. I mean, it just helps us get in the room. And if you can get in the room, and you can convince them that you can do the job, the rest is, you know, should fall into place. <laughs> well, I look at the projects that are, that are on television now. I, Insecure is a great example. Um, the uh, HBO series that I find so intriguing. I, may I destroy, what is it? May I destroy you? Um, what is it called? I'm sorry, I lost that. You know what, which one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I may destroy you. I may destroy you. I find that to be wildly entertaining i'm not even sure exactly what's going on i just but just i just find i find that there's so many of the more interesting things that are going on in television now and in film are are stories that are driven by voices that you would never have heard from before and yeah yeah, Yeah. so um exactly yeah Issa ray has been such a champion of you know uh people who've been marginalized and, and telling the stories that haven't been told before. And I think that along with I May Destroy You, they're, they're phenomenal shows because it gives you like a little glimpse into a world that you may not have been exposed to. And I think that's phenomenal. It is. It is. It's phenomenal. Again, I mean, it, it is the most interesting stuff on television and, and in film as well. I'm just, uh, this year has been particularly good for me in terms of the show. I've just seen so many really wonderful projects come to me from, uh, from women 
and women of color. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's fantastic. So, well, congratulations. Congratulations on your work and congratulations on the nomination. And um, when the time comes, if there's an, another recent, please come back and, and, and join us again for, for an, another, another sit down. Love oh. to have you. Thank you so much for having me. We've been speaking with Nina Herb. She is the Emmy-nominated uh, editor the, the, for the show Insecure and nominated for many other awards uh, over the course of her career. And uh, I want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.